Did you notice something strange about today's gospel? Like everything? This account of the raising of Lazarus reads a little bit like a short story from Stephen King. It raises more questions than it answers. And I read the short version this morning. The long version is basically the entire chapter 11 from John's Gospel. It's the longest Gospel reading we have, apart from the Passion readings. But it's a very strange story, and it raises all these questions. And one of the first questions that occurs to me is, did Jesus know what he was doing? Now, John's editorial comments are designed to make us believe that Jesus was in control all along and was trying to make a point about his own power and about God's glory. But if you look at the dialogue, it's not at all clear that Jesus knew in advance what he was going to do. I mean, if he really loved Lazarus and his sisters, would he have let him die? Mary doesn't think, excuse me, Martha doesn't think so, and many in the crowd don't think so either. If Jesus knew he was going to raise him from the grave, then why would Jesus have wept the way he did? Also, Bethany is only two miles from Jerusalem. So why did it take Jesus four days to get there? He could have walked there in half an hour. And Strangely, if Lazarus was tied up hand and foot, how did he emerge from the grave? That always gets me. I don't know. Now, some of this, I think, is about the mystery of timing. Most people, I think, presume that God is in charge of the timing of events only when they seem to work out with miraculous precision the car that just misses you as it runs a red light, or a sequence of unlikely events that seem to conspire to bring old friends together. It's much harder to believe that God's providence is at work when things don't work in your favor, or when they seem disruptive and chaotic. Part of what we can learn from this story is that God is somehow in charge, even when it seems to us, that things have gone horribly wrong. And admittedly, it's no comfort when you're suffering or grieving to hear someone say, it's really all for the best. Don't ever say that. That doesn't help. Listening to Martha profess her faith through her tears, it doesn't seem like her pain is diminished much. Still, her acknowledgement that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, opens the door for something miraculous and completely unexpected. The story leaves us with some significant mysteries, but it also gives us a picture of Jesus coming to terms with his own power, his own mission, and his own death. He had to face the temptation of using his power for the benefit of himself and his friends. And like anyone who's grieving the death of someone they love, he's forced to consider the possibility of his own death. And by raising Lazarus, Jesus had finally drawn enough attention that the authorities feel that they will have to act 
to stop him before the crowds demand that he be made king. This raising of Lazarus from the dead may have been the final straw that led to Jesus' own death on the cross. And the fact is we are, all of us, facing our own encounters with the cross. You know it's the cross when you are facing suffering and grief that you didn't choose and can't avoid. Inevitably, life brings us situations that challenge our faith and pile on suffering. And you know it's the cross when the only way out is through. We can approach our crosses with resignation, or we can search for ways to find meaning in suffering, to build supportive relationships and communities, and to glorify God. As Buddhist teacher Thich Nhat Hanh once said, if you choose not to find joy in the snow, you will have less joy in your life and the same amount of snow. (laughs) We are now just two weeks away from Easter, and next weekend is Palm Sunday, hard as that is to believe. And so from now until Easter itself, all of our daily and Sunday scripture readings will ask us to consider this interplay of life and death, the nature of love and sacrifice, and the existence side by side of betrayal and redemption. And these things are never black and white. They are jumbles of ambivalent emotions and mixed motivations. But through it all, the one constant is the deep abiding love of God, love that weeps in grief, love that is stronger than death, love that forgives betrayal, love that sacrifices everything for us, even with our sins and our problems. As we pray for the celebration of Easter, even in times of fear and toxic polarization and isolation, the gospel asks us to believe that because we are loved by God, resurrection is our destiny. The raising of Lazarus is a reminder that we are never beyond the reach of God's love.